Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a fabulous gentleman with me today. Jim Blake is here, and he's written a really cool book. It's called The Zen Executive. And if you're watching me on my TV channel, I'm holding it up right now. Gems of Wisdom for Enlightenment Leadership. And welcome to High Road to Humanity, Jim. Thank you so much. It's my honor and privilege to be with you. I'm so glad you're here. You guys, let me give you a little background and we'll tell you what we're going to be talking about today. So Jim Blake is the CEO of Unity World Headquarters, where he previously served as Chief Information Officer and Vice President of Operations. Now, Unity is a spiritual nonprofit founded in uh, 1889, wow, in Kansas City, Missouri, and it helps people of all faiths and culture apply positive spiritual principles in their daily lives. And that's what we do here. So I'm really glad you're here. Now, he's held numerous executive positions in the corporate world. He has a bachelor's degree in computer science from Central Methodist University and a master of divinity from uh, Johnny Coleman, the Theological Seminary and the academic arm of the Universe, Universal Foundation for Better Living. He is an ordained uh, as a unity minister in 2021. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I've been wanting to do it. I just haven't done it. I need you to should. do it. I know. I need to do it. So I give you credit for that one. I'm so glad you're here. Tell us your story. You grew up in a middle, well, no, you say lower middle class family. You say, uh, and you say your father left when you were seven. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So uh, just as you noted, lower middle class family, uh, father left when I was seven. Um, and then a stepfather showed up. My stepfather showed up a couple of years after that. That was my first experience of, uh, I'll call it command and control leadership, maybe even fear and intimidation leadership. He was a retired uh, Marine Corps master sergeant. And um, at the time, you know, looking back, I can clearly see um, he had served numerous tours in Vietnam and he clearly had had PTSD, but back in those days, and I'll date myself, but you know, this was back in the, in the seventies and eighties, late seventies, early eighties. And, uh, and, uh, it wasn't really a diagnosis for that or any help for that. And so, um, I became sort of, uh, his lone, um, soldier, if you will. And that was sort of our relationship commander and soldier. And, but despite all that and, and the challenges that were associated with that, um, I was able to get a scholarship. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I read that. And uh, yeah, so I got a scholarship uh, playing football and a, and a computer science degree. That was something that was really attractive to me. Okay. And thus began my my career. I started out in, in tech and spent a good 20, 25 years there um, working for all kinds of different leaders. I'd say my biggest takeaway from all of that experience was a keen understanding of what I thought worked as leadership and what I didn't think worked in terms of both leadership and culture. And it really put me on this path to figure out a way to lead 
that uplifts people rather than tears them down. Um, what was most noticeable to me, especially in the last couple of jobs I served in before coming back to Unity, was the ripple effect that leadership can have throughout someone's life. Okay. Um, Give us an example. A, yeah. Perfect. Yep. So I had, I had a boss um, that uh, I struggled with so mightily. And being in IT, you're often on call on the weekends. And I can tell you, this guy led through fear and intimidation. He was constantly unhappy and just created a lot of stress in the people that served for him. And when I really began to notice it was I noticed when he called me one particular weekend, I had a physical reaction. Like Energetically. My stomach, my stomach nodded up, yeah. physical and energy. Yeah. My stomach nodded up. Uh, I felt my whole demeanor and posture change. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, how many times have I done this and not noticed it before? And what kind of impact is that having on me? And mm -hmm. so that was that was really the first awakening to me. But then I began to reflect on how many times did I come home uh, you know, with the mind spinning about something that had happened that day or something that he said. And my reaction to my partner was was inappropriate or to my children or to my pets or to a neighbor I know. Road, road raging on the way home. And so right. there, there is there's um, the influence that we have as leaders is great. And we have an opportunity to really change the paradigm around what leadership means so that people feel heard and supported and seen and uplifted. Uh, right. So that the ripple effect is one of a positive nature rather than a negative nature. So all of that got me to a place where, as, as you mentioned, I served here uh, in 2016, a hundred plus year old spiritual nonprofit and really served the seeker side of my personality. Yeah. And uh, so um, I left for a bit and went uh, to some uh, global leading organizations where I learned a ton about innovation and progressive techniques for how to establish and maintain innovation, which has served okay. me in, in coming back here uh, in my first CEO role for a nonprofit. So what brought you back to Unity? I mean, really, truly. Um, so in roughly 2015, I... Uh, I lost my oldest daughter to a bout with cancer. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a five, thank you. It was a five-year struggle, and it was God. probably one of the most horrific experiences I, I could go through uh, right. or anyone could go through. But I got chills on this one, Jim. I'm so sorry. Thank you. It was, a, it was a major thing. It changed your life. It did. And what it, yeah. what it really triggered for me in the experience um, going in the in the waiting rooms and the chemo rooms and, and so forth is there wasn't a ton of of sort of non-denominational spiritual material to help people cope not only those afflicted with illnesses right. but those who are supporting those you feel a sense of powerlessness um, and hopelessness and so um, that was one big thing I feel like unity has a set of teachings um, and all of New Thought, for that matter, have, have these sets of teachings that can help people cope mm -hmm. with day-to-day -day struggles. Not just what I experienced in terms of, of my own grief, but things around prosperity and healing and addiction. And, right. and some of the things that, that we all struggle with day-to-day, -day, they provided tools and resources to do that and so to, to cope with that. And so I really felt called um, after that experience that I wanted to come back and, and get as much of that material and information out into the world as I could, because right. I had seen enough suffering. And, and uh, so the first thing we did was put out a booklet called Facing Cancer with Faith, 
And I sort of did that to honor her nice. and, and that experience. Uh, and that's just one of the, the small efforts we've made. But we've created right. a whole outreach program around that sort of thing. Now, so. That's fantastic. Facing cancer with faith. I like it. Well, let's rewind a little bit because you talk in your book about intuition. And you talk about meditation and I, I'm big. I've taught the audience how to meditate. I tell them to bring in the light every day. I tell them it's like brushing your teeth. It's something you just do because when you connect, then you're balanced and you talk about this. Now, did you do this before or was this after you, you know, came back to unity that you started meditating because you say in the book, the best thing you can do is be silent, which is true. Yeah, so I picked it up when I was here the first time. Got um, it. Okay. I was really, uh, <laughs> I put a lot on myself. When I was here the first time, the, the CEO of Unity at the time said that as an executive, if we wanted to attend the Masters of Divinity School that was here on campus, the Theological Seminary, we could. Okay. And so I, for whatever reason, thought it'd be a great idea to not only have this executive role where I was responsible for roughly 150 people, but to also try to try to move through this master's program. But okay. It was really um, enlightening. We explored a lot of world religions. And again, really feeding the seeker part of myself. That's when I began uh, my meditation practice. And it started out small. I wasn't, I was pretty skeptical. I wasn't sure uh, I believed it would work. Uh, But lo and behold, uh, the more I did it, the more life opened up, the more synchronicities showed up. Right. more uh, inspiration, ideas, and creativity I had. And mm-hmm. so I very quickly became became a believer, and I have, have been doing it uh, ever since. Now, I'm, I've learned over time. So I'm, I'm one of those, those researchers and perfectionists, right? So before I started, I read like 15 books because I wanted to <laughs> You're like me. If you read the book, you can figure it out, right? <laughs> I, wanted to be per- I wanted to be the perfect meditator. Oh, right? my gosh. And so... Um, after like 17 books, what I, and, and my own experience, what I figured out is it's different for everybody. For right. me, sitting in the silence is great. For some people, they find it on the yoga mat. Others find it in a walk mm-hmm. in nature um, or doing art. But right. whatever it is right. that takes your sort of your being to a place of stillness so that creativity and inspiration can emerge, that's a uh, that's your personal form of meditation. Right. And I, some people do it by running exercise. You know what I really liked in here um, that people don't ever say, but I'm going to repeat this before we go to commercial break. In your book, you say meditation really is worth your time. It reduces stress. It helps control control anxiety, which it does. It improves concentration. It boosts your memory retention. It increases feelings of acceptance kindness, happiness, your self-awareness, your self-esteem. It slows the aging process. It does, honestly. The more you connect with the divine, you guys, it really does. And it reduces blood pressure. So these are some of the things he talks about in his book. It's called The Zen Executive, Gems of Wisdom for Enlightened Leadership. Guys, this is Nancy Yearout. I'm here with Jim Blake. We'll be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hold your head high, the world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. 
Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and I have some very exciting news to share with you. High Road to Humanity can now be found on Apple TV and Roku. I've signed on with Healing Within TV, and this is where you'll find my channel, High Road to Humanity. This platform offers live interaction, so you'll be able to ask questions and call in when we go live. I just want to thank everyone for supporting the show all these years, and I will see you on the high road. God bless. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerout, and this is High Road to Humanity, and I'm back here with Jim Blake. He's written a cool book. It's called The Zen Executive. It's got some really good information, and I don't, you know, say this lightly. It's a really good one, you guys. I didn't get to read it all, but there's some really great information in here um, if you're interested, if you're a leader, or if you want to be a leader, and how to approach leadership. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the consistency of meditation. You say make it a priority. Meditation must come first. Um, to make it a new habit. And I was mentioning that too, but talk a little bit more about it because it really is the key, I think. It is indeed. And it's part of a practice of an overall self-care. Prioritize yourself first. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens to us all, whether it's an exercise program, meditation, or any new habit we start to form, um, we put it off. I'll do it later in the day. I'll do it, you know, at lunchtime. I'll do it. And then something always comes up. And so, the key is to, to make it a priority. And if you do it first, it sort of sets your day up for success, number one. Right. But the consistency aspect is the most important. The more often you can become still, the more often you're creating these openings for inspiration and creativity and guidance. And so um, that's the reason. And it begins to build on itself. Uh, mm-hmm. You sort of begin to, to build this um, connection that lasts all day, if you will. So you mentioned all of the physical benefits of, of meditation uh, just before the break. And um, those also begin to build on themselves. And so now you're moving through your day in sort of this different state of consciousness yeah. and, and one that is more open to, to, uh, to opportunities and creativity. And it really makes a difference. Yeah. Do you journal? I don't, I did for a bit. Um, and there, yeah. I do, I do from time to time, if I'm really struggling with something right. from a self-awareness perspective or a challenge I'm having, uh, having, I will sit down and, and, and use journaling for that, but I'm mm-hmm. not a consistent journalist. The reason I mention it, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about it, but I journal to God every day. I tell him everything, what I think and ask him and thank him and do all that. And the reason I bring it up is because I, however you do it, whether you journal, whether you pray, whether you speak, however you do it, people need to get back to having a relationship with the divine. And people I, th- I think haven't been taught, I'll just say this, how to connect with God and how to feel okay talking and saying, hey, you know, this is what's up. And and then looking for the signs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Address that a minute, if you would, please. Well, you hit on it. Um, there's, there is a divine intelligence uh, that is basically behind all of creation in this universe. <laughs> we all have access to it, and we are all expressions of it. And we have somehow forgotten that we are. And so as such, we are basically, a, you know, there's a divine spark within us. And there's this, 
this universal intelligence and divine wisdom that has done all of this for 2 billion years is within us and we can access it. And to your point, uh, the more we can connect to it, the more um, we will feel a sense of centeredness in just about all that we do. The challenge is, we've, as you mentioned, we've gotten farther and farther away from it with things like TV and now our devices and so on and so forth. But you've all been in you know, what athletes call the zone. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity to be in that every single day uh, in your own daily life if you can find a space to create some connection. Right. Uh, and, and be open to to what can come from that. Yeah, I call it balance. That's yeah. what I say. I'm balanced. And when you're balanced, you know, then everything seems to go okay. Well, you do address in your book, and I like that you talk about this, and some hit home with me. I was like, oh. Um, you say, see yourself as you are, not what someone projected on you. And that's super important because we're all like, for a while, although a lot of us have woken up, a lot of us, you know, myself included, you know, you always want to be what people want you to be or what you think they want you to be. But now it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, be who you are. And you address yeah. that, you know, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the most transformative steps we can all take. Um, we've all come up in this, this sort of Western culture where there's this collective they. What will they think if I wear this? What will yeah. they think if I... If yeah. I do this job, and in right. some cases it's closer than that. Some cases it's the family, right? There's family pressure to, to do a certain thing for, mm-hmm. uh, for a living or, or so forth. And the biggest thing I think one can do for themselves is to release all of that. You are a once in a lifetime, never repeating expression of the divine that came right. here with a unique uh, set of gifts, a unique set of looks. And every, no one else can be you. And so being you is your superpower. And the more we can sort of, and I know it's tough because you feel pressure from, from society and friends and family, but the more you can let go of that and really just get in touch with what do I want to do authentically? Mm-hmm. How do I want to be in the world authentically? It changes everything. Mm-hmm. It really begins to open up um, the possibilities and you're more, you start to become closer and closer aligned with your sole purpose. So the more you can embrace you and who you authentically are, the more sort of your, your direction or the reason for being becomes clear to you. Yeah. So it's a, it's a vitally important step, I think, in, in self-awareness. And it's just important to understand that uh, you're not like anybody else and you don't have to be like anybody else. It took me a really long time. Me too. <laughs> I'm sure talking, I'm thinking, wow, it took me a while to get there too. <laughs> it, did. it took me so long to figure out, yeah. okay, I don't think like anybody else. I don't speak like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't do things like anybody else. And for a long time, I looked at that as uh, a negative. Yeah. Like what's wrong with me? Right. Yeah. And and now I've, I've really, once I began to embrace that, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how it changed my experience of life. Once I really began to embrace, okay, you're right. I don't talk like anybody else. And I have a different perspective. Right. And those aren't bad things. Those are really, really good things. Yeah. And that's, and that's okay. Yeah. Here's what hit home with me on page 53 of the book. He says, the test is always to be open to hearing what is being said without getting defensive or being pulled into a power struggle to be right. And, you know, it took me forever to get past that. And I still kind of make sure that I'm not doing that. I see it in other people now. I hope you didn't freeze. I see it in other people now, but um, 
it's, it's interesting when you start to recognize this stuff, when you start to be aware, a lot of people just have to be right no matter what. And I thought that was cool that you addressed that because that's something we got to get past. Yeah, indeed. And, and there is really no right. It's just two different perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. We're all going to have different perspectives from the lens we grew up with, from the lens of our experiences. Right. Um, now, you may feel that sometimes on some issues at your core that this is a very wrong thing. Um, and you don't agree with it. That is right. okay. Uh, you just can't live there. You just have to acknowledge that 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 and and keep moving. And keep moving. I want to say I don't mean to interrupt your thought train of thought there, but I really liked how you set this book up. It's kind of interesting, you guys. So you go through part one, and then he has the gems from part one, and he gives you like the bullet points. So you kind of go through all these different things that we're talking about today, and then you do the same thing in part two. Um, but would you talk about, um, you, I don't want to give your whole book away, <laughs> but, uh, I thought it was interesting that you talk about the mission statement and I'm looking around for my cards so I can give you, I don't think I've ever read my mission statement. What's your mission statement? Your, or you want, we don't know what I Yeah, read. let me hear yours and then I'll read mine. <laughs> so the one we developed here at Unity when I came back is to help and serve through prayer, publishing, and community. They have a oh, that's they have a huge prayer ministry here, a huge publishing arm, and then a beautiful 1,200-acre campus that we generally refer to as community, if you will. Okay. Mine, of course, is, you know, follow the road less traveled. <laughs> but I did write something on the back of my card, and I have never read this. And I'll just, and I was thinking about it when I saw your thing. And I thought, well, mine's kind of long, but I've never told the audience what it is. Do you care if I read it? No, please. All right, I'm going to, it's really little, so guys, my eyes are not as good as they used to be. But um, let me kind of give you guys, I'm going to take up my light here. This is what I send people. So if you've ever gotten my book, you guys, or if you've ever gotten one of my cards, High Road to Humanity was designed for the masses, for all people who would like to see a change in how we connect with each other. We are becoming a society of who is angry, self-centered and less connected with each other than ever before. As a collective, we have the ability to work together to achieve a kinder and more compassionate society and a better way of life. And it goes on. But that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, we got to connect again. What do you Absolutely. think? I think you're spot on with every one of those things. And and so the way the, the mission statement can drive... So The important thing about a mission statement or even a statement like that Mm -hmm. is you can now use that as your touchstone. So you get a new opportunity to do something, a book or a a new speaking gig or something like that. Mm -hmm. You now can go back to that original statement and go, okay, let me check in. Does this fit in line with, you know, where I wanted to be directionally and with my vision here or my mission statement Mm -hmm. and, and, and more in a corporate world or even individually, the shorter and the more compelling it is, the better. And when I say compelling, you're looking for inspiration. You're looking for something that sort of anchors what you're doing, uh, contributing to something that is greater than you. Mm-hmm. And, and most people will find some inspiration and motivation in that. And right. we talked about this a little bit earlier off air, but a mission statement can become an affirmation. It can become right. sort of and a, and a group affirmation. So now you've got the entire organization all leaning into this particular mission statement 
creating energy around it and it's informing what they do on a day-to-day basis. I know it's so cool. You talk about affirmations in your book. Let's talk about that when we come back from commercial break. You guys, I'm here today with Jim Blake. He has written this awesome book. It's The Zen Executive, Gems of Wisdom for Enlightened Leadership. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Help me, TogiNet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Jim Blake, and we're having a great conversation. His book is The Sun Executive. Jim, how do people get in touch with you if they want to? I've got a website called IamJimBlake.com. Nice. Um, that has all the information about the book. And uh, certainly if you go to unity.org where I currently serve, there's a lot of resources out there and you can reach me uh, that way as well. Okay. Affirmations. I have taught my audience that it's really important that we say affirmations. It's the power of the spoken word. Jesus talked about it in the Bible. It's the vibration. It's the energy that we put behind it. It's the intention. Um, you talk about it. I really believe in saying affirmations every day. Do you say affirmations every day? I do uh, nearly every day. And, and the, the important thing is to really sort of understand the creative process, right? And, and okay. the creative process begins everything in this world that you see before you or around you manifested from first an idea. So somewhere in someone's consciousness. So everything begins in our thoughts first. And then we translate that, as you mentioned, into the spoken word. So mm-hmm. it sort of goes thoughts, words, and then actions. If those three, three things are in alignment, you're well on your way to manifestation or creation. And so the real power and the, the reason for affirmations is to change um, or, or establish something new. So for instance, if uh, we mentioned it earlier, so I had this thought that my differences were a weakness and, and that, that that wasn't good. 
And so how I began to change that was to begin first change my thoughts about that. I, I had a new thought that maybe these are my strengths. Maybe this is what makes me, um, maybe this is a gift that I'm different. Then you begin to affirm that. And all of that is to help anchor this perception. So you start in thoughts, then you start with spoken words, which anchors this in. And whether you believe it or not to begin with, it's okay. You're just trying to change um, the consciousness and energy you have around whatever it is you're working with. Yeah, fake it fake it until you believe it. Because sometimes exactly you have right. to do that. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah. Then, and once you get to the spoken word, then you can start to take little steps. Doesn't have to be great, big, life-changing steps, but just small steps that sort of support the intention that you've now set forth through your thoughts and words. Right. I love it. I think that's great. I'm really big on affirmations and prayer. And that's why prayer works. And I want to address that really quick too, because, you know, I was in the shower today and I was saying a prayer and I'm like, oh, I need somebody else to pray with me because it says in the Bible, it takes two or more people. Talk about that a little bit. Would you mind? No, not at all. In fact, it gives me a, a an opportunity and I don't want to do a, a shameless plug here, but Unity has, a prayer, Unity has a prayer ministry that's 24-7, 365, and they've been doing it for over 125 years. It's non-denominational. Okay. Okay. You can submit your prayer online. You can call via telephone, and someone will, will pray with you. Okay. Um, wow. And, uh, it, it, uh, and then we take each request and hold it in what's called a prayer vigil chapel, mm-hmm. where uh, our prayer associates take turns sitting in vigil over the prayer request for 30 days straight. All right. So how do I do this again? <laughs> well, you can go to unity.org and you'll find a unity.org. Yep. Okay. You'll find a, a section on prayer. Okay. And you can submit your prayer request electronically. There's a phone number there you can call. I love it. Um, so there's some opportunities for that, but uh, just tell people we- why it works. Yeah. Tell people why it takes more, why in the Bible it says two or more. Well, it goes back to collective consciousness. So the more energy, it's sort of like how shifts happen in society, right? Mm -hmm. Someone has an idea, uh, but at first it's just one person and there's not a lot of traction. But the more energy, uh, the more thought energy, the more emotion and the more activity you get around it. Now it begins to to uh, to develop its own momentum and will ultimately end in manifestation. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's cool. You know, people don't realize how powerful prayer is and how powerful our words are and how powerful our, how powerful our thoughts are. Now let's talk a little bit about the business practice. Cause so how have you implemented, and this is kind of a broad question, but how have you implemented some of these things into your you know, professional life, because I have to say, and I'm not trying to be negative. It's been difficult as a real estate broker. I got to the point where I just didn't want to deal with these people anymore. I didn't want to do it because it's a different mentality, but then you realize, no, you just have to understand that that's the mentality and you move forward. It took me a while, you know, cause I, I can see when you get to a certain point, you can see, well, it's not about the sale or the people it's about the money. You know what I mean? And that was really difficult for me personally. I'm just using as an example what happened to me in the real estate industry. You know, I was in there too, you know, gangbusters, just making the money. And then, you know, but what about the person? And what about the people? And what about the transaction? And how are, how do they feel? And it's gotten so, you know, people are about the material. And, and how do you handle that? Like, I know, of course, you're in unity, so it's a little different, but you were in other organizations was, and you yeah. saw this. How did you deal with that? How, what did you learn? 
So there is so much there. Let me step back for just one moment real quick, though. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked quickly about how prayer works and how affirmations work. But I just want to go to the point that this isn't just you and I speculating that it works. There's scientific evidence now oh, yeah. that talks about on a quantum level how this energy coalesces and, and why these things manifest. And the powerful mm -hmm. thing for me is when they started coming up with these ideas of affirmations in the late 1800s, they had no idea about the, the quantum level and how energy coalesces and moves in the universe. And so it's interesting to me that, that now science is starting to come in and really educate us on how our thoughts and emotions have a, a direct impact on, on our experience. Well, spiritual and science is finally starting to come together. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yes. yes. Okay. So how I dealt with it. So when I was here at Unity at first, I, I was in this organization at an executive level where, you know, we could start meetings with prayer. We could use affirmations regularly. Um, so I'm in this place where you can be, you know, fully express your spiritual self and all the teachings. Um, and it's, it's often applauded and, and supported. Yeah. And I got called back to the corporate world. And uh, so I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to lead this way? I, I don't, how am I going to do this? Right. So what I ended up doing, and it was almost second nature, but I started to just cloak things in secular terms and corporate PowerPoints. And so, for instance, <laughs> we talked about affirmations. Right. So I used affirmations. The team didn't know they were affirmations. They didn't know what we were trying to do, but I would set up affirmations. One of the first ones I set up was I knew I was going to have to do a whole lot of change in the particular division I was in. Okay. And so the very first affirmation I set up was, I need you, to, I need you guys to now embrace this, that change is our friend. And, and we talked a little bit about this maybe earlier, but most people struggle with change because of their own resistance to it. And so when I resist a particular change, now I'm creating my own mental and emotional suffering. It's only my thoughts about this change. If I can move to acceptance, okay, I don't, I don't have to like it, but if I can accept it, then I reduce all this mental and emotional suffering um, that can occur with any big changes. And so that was pretty change. good, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> And so we uh, we began with the the affirmation that changes our friend and and then I would throw in some other things because um, the group the first group I was was serving with had had uh, lost some confidence mm -hmm. and so I would use these little things and you'll get a kick out of this one but um, <laughs> when someone would go down a really negative path and not you know really see the potential for what we were trying to do I'd use a little statement like listen <laughs> your mind is the garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. And they would That's all make right. fun of me and they'd get a big kick out of it. And we'd all have a laugh about it. But they hurt you. They did. And here's what became the thing. They would start calling each other out in later meetings saying, hey, you're growing a bunch of weeds right now. Can we lift this up? And, and so um, those kinds of techniques work really, really well in terms of, yeah. and, and people are hungry for that sort of thing. They're hungry for something, a deeper experience of what they're doing in their work than just uh, the transactional type. Of so did they ever come to you and say, Hey, um, we know what you're doing here. We know you're doing that from then nobody ever figured it out. You just kept doing it. They may have, <laughs> they may have, if they found a path, you know, their own path, but yeah. I can tell you this, when I left five years later, right. And this organization was a, a global leading energy management company. So they made wireless electric water and gas meters okay. um, for some of the largest utilities in the world. Right. When I left, they gave me an electric meter. They all signed it. And there was a plaque on the front of it that said, change is our friend. That's fantastic. 
That's fantastic. So you knew you did your work. You knew you did what you had to do. Yeah, you just got to change it up sometimes because it's not easy. You know, like I will say, this is one of my things. I say a prayer before I make a phone call. So, and I'll say, please let this go uh, for the highest good for everybody involved. I don't just say, oh, make it go well for me. (laughs) Yeah, you say, let this go smoothly. And, you know, because and you start to do those kind of things on a regular basis. And you don't even, you know, it becomes habit. It does indeed. Now, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're going to start to apply those same things in in leadership as well. But I want to hear what your next question was. Well, I want to talk about, yeah, when we come back from commercial break, I want to talk about if you encountered um, the the negative energy and how you've handled that. Because I encounter that. Everybody does. We try to stay centered. It's out there. There's a war going on right now between good and evil. So let's talk a little bit about that. And we'll be back from commercial break. His book is called The Zen Executive. This is Nancy. This is Hyrule to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use, and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yearout, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more 
or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out, and I'm back. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties today with the internet situation. It is a hot one in New Mexico, so that could be what's interfering. But um, Jim was talking about the influence of leaders, and you were talking about um, how it has how it affects everybody, you know, from the top down. And please continue on with what you were telling the audience. Sure. So there is a way to lead with compassion. Um, there is a way to lead. And just understand, people have lives, things happen. Uh, lead without, with inspiration instead of fear and intimidation. Because what you'll end up with is if you just look at a logical comparison. Who do you think is more productive in your organization? Someone who is scared to death, intimidated, and lives in fear of making mistakes uh, because of your leadership style, or one who, uh, who feels lifted up, safe, secure, heard, appreciated? Um, it, it's quite obvious the, the more comfortable person is going to be the more productive. And then let's look at that on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. When you have someone who's fearful and stressed out, they can't just leave that at the office. It goes home with them. And it may manifest in road rage. It may manifest in, in how they speak to their, their partner or their children or even their pets. Uh, it, it carries with them after they leave the office. And so as leaders, I think it's important to understand the power of the influence we have. And so the more supportive, the more development we can do, the more uplifting we can do for those that work on our teams. By the way, that doesn't mean you're a doormat. You can still hold people accountable, Mm -hmm. but do it in a compassionate and intentional way. But the more that we can lead in that way so that people feel that way when they leave the office, then they go out into the world and create good ripples instead of bad ripples. And I, I think we lose sight of the impact that we have as leaders and so uh, there's a there's a real uh, big we have a real big responsibility there in terms of mm-hmm. understanding that influence and that impact and how can we change it for the good. Yeah, I think a lot of leaders are afraid that they'll lose their positions, so they feel they need to have a stronghold. That's what I pick up. That that's where that comes from. A lot of it, you know, the fear of, oh, you know, I don't want them to take over and they can be the leader instead of me. You know, I I, I see that. Yeah, there is some of that. And that's the thing. Here's the funny thing, though. Yeah. When you start to lead in this way, everything mm-hmm. your teams do, will, the, the productivity will be higher. The morale will be happier. You'll have a sense of engagement. Mm-hmm. So everything you're doing is going to go up. Mm-hmm. And if you're in leadership and everything you're doing is in an upward trajectory, right. no one's going to take your position. Right. <laughs> in fact, they're going to be knocking on the door going, how are you doing this? Right. I want to do it too. Well, yeah, because when you go out and you're a light in the world, then everybody wants to know, why are you so bright? Why are you so happy? Why are you so up? I want to be like that too. What are you doing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's true. I really think, I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> So I think we should get rid of the government completely. And we need to have maybe 12 wise souls who are in charge, 
who are out for the good of the people. And we need to bring back respect and integrity. And, you know, we're our word meant something, where a handshake meant something, where our name meant something, their values, you know, we've lost our values. And I, I, I hate to sound old fashioned, but I am in that respect. I think we need to get our values back and, and our leaders need to get the values back, you know, be truthful, be honest, be decent, be caring, be kind. Those are the things I think we've lost so much of, you know? hundred percent agree. And I will hold that vision with you, uh, regardless of what shape it takes that we reach a, a state and level that you just described. Yeah. Well, we have wise souls who care about yeah. humanity, who really care about each other and won't let people starve or go, you know, or, or be hurt or, or any of this stuff. We've lost, unfortunately, our compassion for each other, you know? Yeah, we need that back. We need we need leaders like you, Jim. I'm so glad you came on today. <laughs> I'm glad you're over there at Unity Church. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. Thank you. It's been a it's been an honor and a privilege, and I so appreciate you and the work you're doing in the world to, Thank to you. contribute to sort of lifting up consciousness around all these and so many other topics. I appreciate that. Hey, his book is the Zen Executive. It's by Jim Blake. Jim, tell everybody how to find you again. So you can find the book uh, on Amazon, obviously, or you can also find it at IamJimBlake.com. There's a lot, a couple of videos about the book if you want to dig more into uh, what it's about before you fully commit. And then, of course, you can find out about me and the work I'm doing at Unity at Unity.org. Yeah, and you can check out the prayers there too, you guys. Hey, if you want an angel reading, go to my website and book your date and time, and I will bring you guys some messages from the angelic realm. It was such a pleasure to have you on, Jim. I hope everybody has a terrific week. Everybody take care and God bless. Please join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on Apple TV and on Roku under Healing Within TV. Have a blessed week and know by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your message from the angels. God bless.